In Ephesians 4, 29 and 30, it is written, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progression of others, as it is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace or God's favor to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, or branded as God's own, secured. For the day of redemption or final deliverance through Christ from evil and of the consequences of sin. I just finished up translating that into Apache for a class. So <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to get it back into English before I started this portion of this broadcast. I'm trying to do a, this broadcast in, a, in Hickory Apache. So forgive me, I'm doing broken English. This morning, sent into the world, John 17, 15 through 18. One of the greatest prayers recorded in the Bible is the prayer of Jesus Christ. When he was praying for his disciples and those that the world later would become his disciples. In verse 15, Jesus did not pray that the disciples would be taken out of the world, away from this earth, but rather that they would be protected from the enemy. In verse 18, we are reminded once again that Jesus actually sent his disciples into the world. Why? To proclaim the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus sent the disciples into the world to be the salt and to be the light of this world. Salt to change their surroundings. Light to shine in the darkness of sin. As disciples of Jesus Christ in the 21st century church, we too have been sent into the world. Many times you may not know what your calling is, but if you will pray, if you will pray and ask God, through the Holy Spirit, it's hard, I'm trying to get back from, from Apache back into the English. If you pray and ask God to send the Holy Spirit the great spirit <laughs> the great spirit will show you the way as disciples of jesus christ in the 21st century church we too have been sent into this world we are in this world and and we are here in this world for a purpose you may be you may be here to be that shepherd of prayer you may be here to be a healer you may be here 
to be a guide. You may be here to be an educator, to be salt, to be light, to be witnesses, to be intercessors, to teach, to baptize, to make new disciples. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We look, we don't look like, dress like, act like, think like, talk like, walk like, live like, pray like, worship like, believe like everybody else in the world. In John 15, 19, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hateth you. In 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Wherefore come out from among them and be separate. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be separate. <clears throat> yes, God wants his people to be separated, but not isolated. Say that with me, but not isolated from the world. Jesus has sent you into the world to reach people in the world, to reach out, to minister, to evangelize others. Jesus went to the shores of Galilee to reach James, John, Peter, and Andrew. Jesus went to, to, to a well in Samaria to reach just one woman. Your journey may be to reach one person. You may journey a long ways to reach one. You may enter one Hogan to save one person. And yet, by entering one Hogan, you may save an entire family. Jesus went to Capernaum to reach the centurion. Jesus went to a country of the Gardens to reach a man possessed with a legion of devils, demons, evil spirits, Jesus went to the border of Turn and Sidon to reach the sufficient woman. As our example, Jesus went, and now as our Lord and Master, Jesus sent. He's sending you and I. When was the last time you went to a person to witness to them? When was the last time that you went? I speak to those that are listening now to my Apache brothers and sisters. When was the last time that you went to a powwow and you spoke to them about God? The God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Father of Heaven, the Great Spirit. How often do you do that? Is that a part of your lifestyle now? Read Luke 14, 16, and 23. This man sent his servants out three different times to get people to go to the feast that he had prepared. 
This man's feast was nothing compared to a feast that our God serves us. In Psalms 23, 5, Psalms 23, 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Can we be glad that every time you come to the house of God, that he feeds you the bread of life, the bread of life, and he feeds you spiritually, spiritually. Aren't you glad that every time you come to the house of God, he anoints your head with the oil of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost? Aren't you glad that every time you come to the house of God, he blesses you until your cup begins to run over? The blessings of God are plentiness. We need to find people to share them with. How many times did this man send out his servants to invite his guests? Was it three times in one day? Was it three times in one week? I don't know for sure. Personally, I believe it was three times in one day. If we have a better feast to invite people to than these servants did, why can't we go out just three times a week and invite people to this feast? Would you dare? <coughs> Forgive me. Would you dare make a commitment to God that you would personally invite people to his feast at least three times every week? Or are you satisfied to just have your little cup running over just for you? This is not the Apache way. This is not the Apache way. This is not how we are taught by our forefathers. Remember, remember the old ways, the ways of our grandfather. But remember the prayers of Jesus. Don't take them out of the world. Don't let them be isolated and cut off from the people in the world that need me. That's what Jesus said. Just protect them from the evil of this world. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest, into the fields. Will you be obedient servant and go where your master Jesus has sent you? We must never forget the former things of our grandfathers. And yet we must not dwell upon the past. Keep the old ways, but embrace the new ways of Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. You see, I'm going in a new direction, but keeping my old ways of my grandfathers.
Isaiah's writing to the children of Israel came at a bleak period of their history. They are in captivity. They are lost everything they thought they would keep forever and they were homesick for the land and the blessings of their God that God had promised them. And one day, their God said, change your focus. Quit looking behind, start looking ahead. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. If you are continue looking behind you, you cannot see where you are going. If you are ever going to move on in new things in Christ, you must learn that. You cannot depend upon past victories to sustain you. Forget the former things. You see, the children of Israel had many victories in their past, as do the Apache. They left Egypt, conquering the land of Canaan, fighting the prospective conquerors. They survived a split in the country. But now, now they are in captivity. All their previous victories were doing nothing to set them free. They needed a new work, a new miracle, a new victory. And the question isn't, what has God done? The question must be, what is God doing in your life, in your life right now? What is it that you want God to do in your life right now? Hey, Abache, what is God going to do for you right now? And secondly, in order to move on to do new things in Christ, you must know that you cannot allow your past failures to possess you. You must live past the past. Don't dwell on the past. The children of Israel had failed God miserably. Every time he blessed them with good things, good works, they returned to him evil things. God gave them a temple. They gave him an idol worship. God gave them the truth. They lived and proclaimed a lie. God gave him his commandments. They lived like they were suggestions. God gave them wealth. They used it to abuse the poor. God gave them himself, and they gave him nothing except rejection. The children of Israel did not deserve to receive anything from God, yet he still loved them as he loves you. He earnestly wanted to help them change. I want you to notice God's message. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell upon the past. See, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. I will remember the greatness of my grandfathers. But I will remember what God said to me. Instead, God was holding on to the hand of hope in this new land that the Apache call home. He is in effect saying, forget about our past failures. I'm giving you an opportunity to start over. Isaiah 55, 7 says, let the, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will freely pardon. Listen to me. If you are going to get anywhere in your spiritual life, you must understand that you cannot live on yesterday's faith. 
The children of Israel had experienced great spiritual blessings throughout their history. From the first Passover to the crossing of the Red Sea, to the conquering of the land of Canaan, to the building of the temple, and the children of Israel had seen the hand of God at work in their own lives. Yet, their faith in what God had done was doing nothing to deliver them from their present situation. <coughs> their own faith, their old faith, was not sufficient enough to deliver them from their present problems. They needed a new faith. As we, for a new generation of the Apache nation, a new vision is what we need for what God can do. They needed a new portion of faith that had brought to pass all the victories from before. This is why I spoke to you early in the earlier broadcast. We need a new vision in the Hikaria Apache. We need a new vision in the White Mountain Apache. We need a new vision for all the, the Apache people. For what God can do, only God can do. But if we call out and ask God, God will rebuild a nation greater than any nation that the Apache have seen before. In Psalms 85, 6 and 8, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord shall speak. The second step to embracing a new thing, what God wants to do in your life, is to clarify your focus. Discover what God wants for you. Forget the former things. Do not dwell upon the past. I'm not talking about our ancestry. I'm talking about the past mistakes we've made. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert, in the streams, in the wasteland, in the pine trees, in Dulce, here in Arizona. What do you see? When you view your life, do you see possibilities or do you see problems? What do you see? Notice what God said. I make a way in the desert, in the streams, and in the wasteland. The children of Israel had a choice. They could view their past and the problems or, uh, of the present, or they could focus upon what God wanted to do in their lives. A way versus the desert. Streams versus wasteland. Wasteland, excuse me. In order to discover what God wants for you, you must first see yourself as God sees you. The children of Israel felt as though they were getting just what they deserved because of the way they had lived. Some even believed that God would never have anything more to do with them. But they were wrong. Are you listening? They were wrong. And we will make that same mistake if we cannot see what God sees. God sees you as a child of God. He sees you as a co-inheritor to the kingdom of God. You may feel like your past has made your life a wasteland, but in God, your life can become a stream of life. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, Therefore there is no now no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Colossians 1, 21, 22. And you who once were alienated the enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In order to discover what God wants for you, you must see your possibilities as God sees them. I am making a way in the desert. God is able to transform the desert areas of your life into the fields of blessings and abundance. God can take a dried up useless life and transform it into the life of purpose. A life of purpose. Glory to God. I pray that you're hearing this. Purpose and grace. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed in His likeness. Are being transformed in His likeness and ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The greatest step to embracing the new thing, what God wants to do in your life, is to commit yourself to God's plan. God had already set into motion the events and people who would lead Israel out of captivity and back into the land of blessings. But it was still up to them to decide if they wanted what God was offering. If they refused God's plan, if they refused to follow where God was leading, then they would be doomed to remain in their captivity. I'm, going to, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert, streams in the wasteland. God has already set into motion a new direction and a new purpose for your life. I wonder, I wonder, Shashanahai, will you follow him? Will you follow him, Shashanahai? Psalms 95, 7 and 8. For he is a, our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not hearken, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Follow him. Follow him. If you wish, if you wish to follow, and you've never said this prayer before, and no one has ever told you that you can accept Christ as your Savior and your Lord, it doesn't mean that you cannot follow the old ways. It doesn't mean that you cannot dance. It does not mean that you cannot be a part of the powwows and, and believe. It means that Christ will be the Lord of your life. That your Heavenly Father is who you will follow. 
It means that we do not believe in the pagan ways, but that we believe in God, the Heavenly Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, when I followed the ways of the Abachi, they did not rise from the dead. But my Savior, Jesus Christ, He rose from the dead. He sits at the right hand of my Heavenly Father. He tells me that one day I will see my earthly father who believed in him. If this is what you wish to do today, Shashana, Shekdena Kato, is the Jesus Christ. Say this prayer with me. Just repeat it out loud. I know we are a proud people. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, say it out loud with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. That means I do bad things. And I ask for your forgiveness. I do believe you died on that cross for my sins. And you rose on that third day from the dead. Now I turn from my sins. That means I turn away from them. All the things that I did in my life that was bad, I turn away from them. And I invite you to come into my life. Open my heart. And I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen.